from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I feel like we can do this for the next couple of Mondays. Just do a vibe check. There's really no other way to put it. Because the vibes are off, man. Vibes. Are- I was just in the bathroom here at the radio station, Joe. And uh, Will, our engineer, he and I went to NC State together. Correct. And as I'm headed to the urinal, he's like, so NC State going to host an NIT game? I'm like, Will, wow. dude, dude. Like just pure wow. uncut state fan coming through, dude. I'm like, dude, it's fine. And I'm like, it doesn't help, but they should be fine. He's like, well, what if they lose to Duke tomorrow? And then they and they get beat in the first game of the ACC tournament. Then I would be worried. And I said, yeah, okay. Then you you basically put yourself in the bin, and the NCAA can pull you out of that bin and say, yeah, no, rejected, and off you go. So I, I I get that sentiment, but like, chill, y'all. This team has, in my book, shown an ability to bounce back from this kind of stuff. And I don't see them beating Duke tomorrow because Duke is better, but I don't see them flaming out in the ACC tournament either, which I think is the most important part of this conversation. Meanwhile, Carolina fans are probably, like, they don't know yet. Like, they're dipping their toe back into, because I've heard from some Carolina fans who are like, I'm out. Cool, you beat Notre Dame, but it was bad. I'm still out. I don't trust you. But they look good for at least one half, and Pete Nance had that three-point down. It was locked in. So maybe if they eat lemon Oreos the rest of the way, maybe, maybe this team can kind of get back to where they were supposed to be. So I just wanted the vibe check. 8605-FAN, 8605-326. We got Scott in Fuquay. Scott, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? We're good. Thanks for calling. Good. Uh, my vibe check is associated with a hurricane. Okay. Right now, uh, I think we definitely have to make a move by the trade deadline. We have proven over the last half decade that we are one of the most consistent top-rated teams through 82 games and even into the first round of the playoffs. However, when we get to the playoffs, we lack a little bit of that long-term grit Mm -hmm. that helps our scores do what they do best during the regular season. And by the time you get to the 14th game in the playoffs, you've got the Ajos, especially because they are mentally and physically exhausted from being the ones to step up and, and have that physical game. So, you know, I know he's out there. It's that guy that everybody hates uh, unless he's on your team. I'd like a Tom Wilson, somebody you like know, that that can come know, in. You know, Scott, it's funny because after we uh, we our conversation with Luke Takak ended, I did tell Joe, I'm like, you know, if it wasn't for that no trade clause, I, I would give some serious consideration to why don't you bring in Tom Wilson? That would break Kane's. That would that would break Kane's internet, man. If you brought Tom Wilson oh, in the fold, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, Scott. You look right now and- Scott, I'm with you. I'm with you on this, by the way. I, I I understand where you're coming from completely because that was my big takeaway from last year. And while the Canes did make moves to get Brent Burns, they did make a move to bring on Max Pacioretty. Okay, injuries happen. That's part of the game. You can stay nimble. That's what the long-term injured reserve is about, and that's where that $10 million in cap space comes up. And it's going to be look really, really weird going into the postseason and having that that money just sit there not being used and look the timo meyer thing i mean i saw what the trade was i could see why the canes don't want to be a part of that i could i can totally understand that but they could have been proactive a little bit sooner knowing full well that max patch wasn't coming back that would be the gripe that i have 
Exactly. Scott, appreciate the call, man. Thanks for listening. All right, thanks, guys. 860-5-FAN, 860-5326. I just want the vibe check, man. Yeah, I just – one thing I would disagree with with Scott was would be I don't think Kane's, the Canes' best players have been their best players in the playoffs. I think that's part of the problem. That has been part of the problem. I think there's two different ways to win the Cup. You can have a goalie just go berserk, mm-hmm. right? It, Tampa did that. They went back-to-back, and that's not to shortchange the rest of their roster. But for the most part – they won the cup because of Andre Vasilevsky. Okay. Last year you saw Colorado. You you saw a template for the Canes. You're a deep team. You are an athletic, fast team, and you can just beat other teams based on your talent and your depth. And that's their your forward depth depth in particular. I, there's nothing wrong with the Canes defense, in my opinion. Goaltending for Colorado, just okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're just it was just okay. I think that's the template for the Canes. The thing about Colorado was their top guys were awesome. They were lights out. Yeah, Like, Ajo hasn't been that in the playoffs. He was better last year, don't get me wrong. Svechnikov, is, you know, he was hurt the one year in the bubble, and then he was hurt when he got knocked out by uh, uh, Ovechkin. So Svechnikov's playoff resume has been flimsy. Mm-hmm. So, no, we can't sit here and say, oh, man, the Canes need to help. No, they need those guys who they're paying all that freaking money to to deliver. Yeah. Like, I hate to give you the Pete Nance Real Talk Express here, but Svetch, Sep, guys, hello. I'm the problem. It's me. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. It's the OG. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the best of the OG podcast. Speaking of the Wolfpack, here's Kevin Keats. <coughs> After their loss to Clemson, pretty much boiled it down to a simple thing they shot lights out they couldn't keep pace and they got to play better defensively oh man the computer vibes are off why yeah oh so, here we you go know, here's here's keats on the law give clemson a lot of credit i thought they played really well today um us on the other hand i didn't think it was one of our days um you know, I just obviously, um, I, what I talked about with the team was a couple things. Uh, Wake Forest first half, I didn't think we did a great job of defending. Uh, we outscored those guys, so we had 52 points at the half, but gave up 46. And then I thought we did an awful job um, defending against Clemson. You know, giving up 54 points in the half, um, we fought. And I think that's not a surprise to anyone now uh, about this team, we're gonna fight, but you, you put yourself in a really tough hole when you give up that many points in the first half. So uh, disappointed. Uh, this team has um, you know, been really good all year long. We've had a couple games where I didn't think we defended. One of them was tonight. Um, the other thing is we look a little bit like we, we just went, we didn't have the same pop that we normally have. And, uh, you know, when you are when you can't rely on your defense to get stops, I thought we did a good job, a better job in the second half scoring the basketball. Uh, first half we didn't. So that's Kevin Keats, NC State's head basketball coach after the loss to Clemson. So defensively, the Wolfpack did a better job in the second half against Wake Forest. Wake Forest, their issue this year, and the reason why they might not make the NCAA tournament, is that they're defensively flimsy. State has the ability to defend. It's just not consistent enough. And that, that to me, is the biggest problem with the Wolfpack right now. Can Terquavion Smith get back to where Terquavion has been? Jarkel Joyner has been their best player down the stretch here, but we also understand that Terquavion is a huge part of this thing all working out. He only had 10 points. 
against Clemson. He only had thir- he had a quiet 13 points in a shooting fest between the Wolfpack and the Demon Deacons early on. So th- there's a bunch of little things that are kind of nagging the Wolfpack right now, but the biggest red flag that I have for them is defensively going forward. Yeah, they need to hope that's a one-off. They need yeah. to hope that's a burn-the-tape game because there, there really isn't a planet where Clemson should score 96 points on you in, in a regulation basketball. That's like a four-overtime game mm-hmm. for a Brad Brownell team. So, you know, I'm not really sure where the fight was. Uh, it wasn't at PNC Arena no, on Saturday, that's for sure. But you got to you gotta chalk that up to, hey, look, at Styles make fights. We don't play Clemson well. Hopefully we don't see them in Greensboro, and and you, you just try to make it from there. But uh, this is the let's just move it along type of game. I wouldn't try to read. To, Clemson made eighty percent of their threes in oh, the first yeah, yeah, fifteen yeah. minutes. Like that's ridiculous. And that's State, unbelievable. And look, states that not are, that they couldn't have defended them better, but it did seem like they were just kind of throwing everything in. Yeah, from like, the ocean. Like I joked on Saturday, it, it appeared as though NC State was shooting the ball at fairground rims where they take your five bucks and it's never actually going in because the rims are the exact size of the ball right so that that i i get that as in terms of a one-off i'm just noticing a little bit of a mini trend here down the stretch for the wolf pack defensively defensively yeah, the way problem. that they're starting games defensively is not, not great good and that needs to be fixed mm-hmm. i suspect it will be when they play duke it's a different style but yeah i mean they, they should be ready for a muddied oh. up game on tuesday in, in cameron speaking of duke i i have been bullish on duke down the stretch here um, to your point, they 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 don't mind playing rough or mucking it up. It's not a pretty game sometimes, but they'll find a way, some way. Um, and it's probably not great for the rest of the ACC that Derek Whitehead. You know, the biggest issue that they've had was all right. Offensively, they're not consistently they're not consistent enough. Remember that was the that was one of the big issues. So they'll find different ways to win. If Derek Whitehead continues in this trajectory, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Duke's a Final Four team. I'm simply saying that. Duke can be a problem in the league going through Greensboro. And I know it sounds funny for people out there as I'm talking about some sort of, you know, plucky Duke team that's been under the radar somehow. But we get caught up in what's wrong with UNC. We get caught up with obsessing over net. Meanwhile, Duke has quietly gotten better down the stretch. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. I mentioned John Shire and Duke basketball and a nice, comfortable win against Virginia Tech. Uh, they really they really sealed that thing down to start the second half. And Duke, over the last couple of weeks, has morphed into, I think, what they thought they were going to be, whether through injuries, et cetera, learning how to play with each other, learning curve for John Shire as a rookie head coach, any number of things that can lead to this. But welcoming NC State, to Cameron Indoor tomorrow, that is a completely different team than NC State saw at PNC Arena back in January. And Shire talked about the performance over the last couple of weeks. It's, it's been really important for us. And, you know, throughout the years, we 
uh, whether it was injury, whether it was adversity with a loss or a setback, uh, we just kept saying stick together, stick together, let's be at our best when it really matters. And uh, I give these guys a lot of credit because they haven't, you know, pointed the finger. They've uh, continued to work. Each of them have gone better. We spent a lot of time in practice uh, working on individual work, you know, just individual player development, which has been, I think you can see the growth that our guys have made throughout the course of the season. And of course, understanding who you're playing with and how to play to each other's strengths. And I thought that was evident tonight. That's John Shire, Duke head basketball coach on their win against Virginia Tech. North Carolina had a nice win against Virginia. Uh, Virginia has kind of fallen back down to earth here over the last couple of weeks with losses to Boston College. And then now this one against North Carolina. Boston. The, the problem with Virginia is once they once they find themselves in a sizable deficit, it's a wrap, man. They they cannot climb back into a game, and North Carolina knocked out. You know they they knocked them out early with Pete Nance hitting a bunch of threes, and so there's there's a lot of things to kind of peel back with North Carolina's win over Virginia, Joe. The big shiny object is that Pete Nance hit a bunch of threes, but Virginia looks like a team that's not equipped to have a good March. The question is, is North Carolina piecing something together? For me, it's about stacking. In the same way that I've come around on Duke, it's about stacking stuff. North Carolina has a chance to stack something again with Florida State. Yeah, Virginia's down bad. you got to go back. They beat State at home. They looked really good in that game. And then they beat Duke on a questionable call. Since that questionable call, they've beaten Louisville by three, Notre Dame by two, Lost to BC, lost to Carolina. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they can't bounce back on Tuesday when they get clamp at home, but it's not. It is not a coincidence, sir. When I tell you that their last three losses in league play are, are all were all run it back games. The, the more you see Virginia, the more comfortable you are playing against them. The more likely you are to have success against them. That's Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovitz, the OG. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. Here's Pete Nance hit a bunch of threes in their win against Virginia on his performance against the Cavaliers. Um, I think I, you know, looking at that game, I think obviously shots, that's that's the game we play. Shots go in and, and shots don't sometimes. But I think, um, I think I'm most happy with the, the blocks for sure. Um, you know, defense is something that um, you can do if shots aren't, aren't going in or they are going in. So I think uh, that was, that was, that was uh, the main thing I was happy about. Do more people need to respect Pete Nance, the rim protector? I think so. I mean, I don't know. Uh, just going to try to continue to protect the rim, and um, hopefully it deters people for sure. That's Pete Nance uh, after North Carolina beat Virginia. And I, I don't think I'm saying anything out of pocket when I talk about how Pete Nance has been the focal point for what's been wrong with North Carolina this year. Unfortunately, you just can't take a guy out, in this case Brady Manick, who they're now putting up on the video board at UNC for the I am a Tar Heel intro. And he gets a big pop because he's he was the big story. K-Slayer. From last year, right? You know, bang, bang, blankety blank. You know, we all know what Brady Manick did. So it's unfortunate for Pete that he has to come in and, and do that. It's not the first time it's happened at UNC, by the way. You know, you go from Justin Jackson at North Carolina and Cam Johnson, Puff's brother, comes in from Pitt as a transfer and it was like, all right, just go do what the uh, the NBA draft pick just did, okay? And Cam Cam ends up he's a nice player. He ended up 
you know, we, we, we get it. But there was a learning curve there. There's been some of that with Pete Nance. I don't know if what happened on Saturday is going to be a building block for Nance. Maybe if they eat more lemon Oreos, they'd be fine. But I want to see more from the Tar Heels. But they only have so many more opportunities to do so, starting out with Florida State. I was going to say, a tricky game tonight yeah. down at Florida State. Florida State is way better talent-wise than their, what their record indicates. It might not be a bad time to catch Florida State, though. They may have just kind of emptied it out yeah, they just came in that win against yeah, Miami. It might be, it might be a good day to catch them, especially if you can get on them early. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. Um, but, no, if you're Carolina, all of the – all of the steps, particularly in these Q1 opportunities, they're they're not just – these aren't added bonuses, Joe. These are necessary. Just mm-hmm. like last year when they went to Virginia Tech and they won on the road in Blacksburg, it was, no, you need that game. No, when you go to Cameron, you need that game. And so Saturday when they see Duke, they need that game too uh, to put themselves really in a position to make the NCAA tournament, which we wouldn't we would have thought would have been you know a bonkers crazy idea to think – when this season started with the guys back who they have back that they wouldn't make the, the tournament what are you what are you talking about did somebody get hurt yeah was there you know a, a calamitous event was like, there, was there another pandemic right i yeah. mean i'm i'm trying not to make light of such things but i mean that's what you would have had to have thought in the preseason did the last of us actually happen in real life again i still haven't started watching that so well you have to be emotionally ready to watch that show oh yeah it's well, like I'm every not. It's like, what, we're seven episodes in, and every episode had some sort of gut punch. Every single one of them. So I'm just saying, you have to be emotionally ready to watch that show. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's get to 3,000. Let's manipulate the algorithm together. And then we could put that Costco forbidden glizzy food hack out to the masses. So the, the Washington commanders cut Carson Wentz today. It saves them around $26 million in cap space. That, that's a sizable chunk. Obviously, Carson Wentz went to another place and it didn't work out. Stop me if you've heard this one before with Carson Wentz. He went to another place again. Yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Sam Howell seems to be in position as the future of the Washington Commanders. I I like this. I, I, I liked the pickup of Sam Howell in the draft last year. I thought he'd get more opportunities because of Carson Wentz's injury history. But Taylor Heineke stepped up and we didn't see Sam Howell until the end of the year. And obviously we know how that played out. He had a pretty good game. So with Carson Wentz available... You know, there's a team that needs a quarterback, Joe. Frank Reich, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That was your guy in Philly. You brought him into Indy. That didn't work out there. Obviously, it's not working out in Washington. No. Frank, no. It would be on a new deal, too, right? Yeah. Cheaper deal. It would be on a cheaper deal, but still no. You don't know. At this point, we know what Carson Wentz is. I wouldn't even want him in the room. Period. Move on. I would rather have another season of Sam Darnold at Carolina. Well, I, I, I think Carson Wentz. I think that is in play. 
It is. It's entirely in play. Particularly if they use that number nine pick on a quarterback, which gets us to mock draft season. Are you hyped, Joe? Yes. Let's go. Of course. We've been doing this every day. We give you a mock draft because I'm convinced that NFL mock drafts are just another version of fanfics for dudes. Okay? Like, if you think wrestling storylines get dudes going. Go on. Oh, no. See, even Dennis, Mr. Wrestling Guy over there, you start getting into like, well, you know, at one point, Triple H was with D-Generation X, but then, like, he joined, like, the corporate ministry, and then, he started Evolution. And then that happens, and then at some point, Sting is in the rafters Mm -hmm. watching. Now I'm confusing my two wrestling promotions. The point is, people, we, we as dudes like some fan fiction, and- Mock drafts are exactly that. So our guy Ryan Wilson has a new mock draft. Put it out two hours ago. Talk about the draft. Headline. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Colts. Bucks. Trade up for QBs. Bears. Stockpile picks for the future. So in this in this mock draft, the Indianapolis Colts move up to the number one spot to take. Joe, you get one guess. Bryce Young. Bryce Young, it is. C.J. Stroud to the Houston Texans, number two. Jalen Carter to the Arizona Cardinals. And then the Bears move back to the fourth spot in this mock draft with the Colts. And they pick up Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama. Scroll, 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 scroll. Here we are with the Carolina Panthers with the ninth pick. There is no trade for the Carolina Panthers. No moving back. No moving up to get a quarterback because, according to... Ryan Wilson's latest mock draft, the Carolina Panthers will take. You got one guess? I'm sorry. I'm looking at it. Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy. Defensive tackle. Clamp. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, I don't – just like they – last year they broke the NC State seal, the Mm -hmm. Panthers, Mm -hmm. by taking Iki Aquano. I don't think they've ever drafted a player from Clemson before. I think that's true. So that would be two years in a row. I think you're right. I think you're right. It'll be two years in a row. The Panthers try to try to win back because you know the Carolina Hurricanes have now alienated all of the colleges in the greater <laughs> in the two states. So, you thanks know, the to Panthers the, need um, to do the reach out programs. So. Yes, thanks. Thanks to the Stadium Series that I, was a love fest for the Wolfpack. I don't see this happening, um, but I mean it's going to change however many times. If they stay at nine, I do think they would take someone to help them. But again, I, I would think, given all of the action in front of them. Mm-hmm. Just like last year, it was the sixth pick, right, where they got Aki Aquano. Mm-hmm. At nine, you're, you're probably going to have the choice of the actual top offensive lineman in the draft. That it's doesn't happen possible. that often. I, I get, you get another one of those, you stack it up there, I, I would be okay with that. I guess the Assuming they is, could trade for Carr, assuming they could make a deal for Garoppolo or someone else. I, I, I would. That's the route I would like to see them go at quarterback. Well, Carr's... Uh, barring going up and getting Stroud. I believe Stroud is the only quarterback worth having in this draft class. Carr's a free man. He can go wherever he wants right. now. Now so. that he's free. Yes. Yeah, you got, uh, they got, you have to he, pay him. You got to pay him. We don't know what he's asking for, although I do know that Mr. Well, Mittens, David Carr, has been out there talking about the process and everything else. Yeah, in this mock draft, all the quarterbacks that you would want are gone. Yeah, by we'll eight. Le- by eight. Will Levis to the, the Buccaneers. And I even, guess that's even the, the ones question. you wouldn't want are gone. Like, I don't... I could be dead wrong about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. They have big Jake Locker energy to me, and and Bryce Young is. I, I'm sorry, I just think he's too small. I just think he is. He's not that athletic. Sure. He doesn't run. 
Uh, and he is very accurate, but you have to be Drew Brees accurate to be his size and flourish in the NFL. And I just don't see that happening. See, that's the pro- and that's the problem right now when we talk about QBs. And I, I I'll, I'll make reference to this between now and the actual draft in April. You know, anytime Dennis posts something Panthers related on our YouTube channel, the 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 draft Knicks come out of nowhere. They come out of the woodwork, right? And I guess they've been breaking down all sorts of internet film that they can get their hands on, and they convince themselves that, well, no, no, Anthony Richardson's the guy. Whether you think he's the guy or not, or you're truly high on Will Levis, history tells you that these four quarterbacks that we're obsessing over right now, only one of them has a chance of being any good. One. One. Even in the most celebrated draft class we've had in recent memory, which the further we get away from it, the more I'm convinced that was a made-for-television product to get you to watch it in the middle of pandemic. All right? Because what else were we doing? So we talked ourselves silly into that Trevor Lawrence class. Like, this is it. This is the greatest class we've ever seen. And well, I wouldn't dismiss Justin Fields yet. I'm not dismissing that either yet. Okay. But out of the five guys that we obsessed over. Oh, they were all supposed to be home runs. They're all yeah, supposed yeah. to be home runs, right? No. And then we had, and let's, and let's not forget that because, you know, Mac Jones managed to rub two sticks together and put fire once. They were like, no, did everybody make a mistake? Skip it. Is Mac Jones, are we going to be doing a 30 for 30 of the Mac Jones five of the guys who were drafted before him? Like we did for Tom Brady, of course. Mac Jones is whatever at this point. So all of this is to say, work yourself up into a lather and pick your guy because we are a couple of weeks away from doing this quarterback week. Like it's going to be Will Levis week where he's, wow, people are really high up on this guy. He's moving up the board. It's all smoke and mirrors to get you interested in a trade. It's all smoke and mirrors to throw other teams off the scent. Somebody's going to go crazy Ivan here like in Red October and do something that nobody expected. That's why we watched the draft. But I can tell you with extreme confidence that only one of these guys has a chance of being good. And we don't know which one it's going to be. We don't.